Greetings all and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Quest On Media. I'm your host, Russell Morse. That was a good intro. You know, I, I try it different ways every time, a little bit, just a little bit of inflection, but that one just felt it just felt right. Maybe it's because we're getting what what do you mean? What? You've got two cheer horns. I do. Every chance well, you get. I'm amazing. Look at my intro. Listen, Isn't it spectacular? It. Even though I'm super late to the thing, I'm amazing anyways. Wow. wow. Signed Russell Morris. Wow. Yeah, I know. I'm, Thanks, I'm petty. I'm petty. I'm you know, petty. I moved I moved no to New York. As we discussed, I moved to New York to get 3,000 miles away from my mother. But apparently, I still have someone in my life who criticizes me no matter what I do. <laughs> yeah. That's I, my I, role. You started talking. I was like, Mom, is that you? You know, that, That's usually her move. She's like, oh, she's like, oh Russell, were you, wow. Russell, were you feeling good about yourself there for a second? How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> no, I'm, I really only did that because Katiba is our guest today. And Katiba is one of the people I know who's the best at just being like, listen, here's the deal. I'm tight. Everything I do is tight. It's called being confident. Look it up, you know, and I, I like that energy. That's, that's just good energy. I love confidence. I'm all about it. So I feel like Katiba's confidence gives me the green light to talk for three minutes now about how good my intro was. It was so good. <laughs> all right. You'll probably you'll probably delete it and use one of the ones where I like stumbled over my words or something just to teach me a lesson. <laughs> no, I'm not editing anything. All right. Well, that's, that's the latest from our producer. <laughs> I'm not editing anything. All right. Welcome. Welcome uh, to our listeners. It always takes me a minute to get down to, to business. You should be accustomed to that by now. Um, as you heard, our guest today is Katiba. We love having Katiba on the show. We usually have her on when we want to pump her for news about what's going on in tech. She's our, our resident tech expert. She works in the tech industry in Silicon Valley. Um, but she's also just like a cool person to have on to talk about whatever it is that we're interested uh, in. And today, that happens to be TikTok, of course. Uh, if you are living on planet Earth and you're under, oh, I don't know, 30 years old, you should at least know what TikTok is. It is the dominant force in our culture. Every dance that you see kids doing in the street, uh, every song that suddenly becomes a number one song, every meme that finally trickles down through Instagram and Twitter and gets all the way down to you know, the basement of Facebook uh, started on TikTok, uh, mostly because young people love it. And whatever young people are doing is the coolest thing in our culture. Everybody already knows that. Um, and obviously, TikTok has been in the news, wow, for months now, uh, because TikTok is a Chinese app. And a lot of people in the government and in our current administration have speculated slash feared um, that because TikTok is a Chinese app, the Chinese government might have access to the data that TikTok is getting from American users. Um, this isn't that crazy of an idea just because every app steals all of your data all the time. I guess maybe the difference is, is that this is a foreign government that um, our government is a little more wary of, whatever. There is plenty of evidence of the Chinese government and the Iranian government and other foreign governments using our data against us, whatever. But the end result is uh, that uh, an app that's best known for like kids doing dance routines, basically, I think that's the number one thing people use TikTok for, has now become you know, an international dispute because Trump wanted to get rid of it. Then Microsoft wanted to buy it. Uh, and then, of course, because Microsoft is a joke, that deal didn't go through. <laughs> Sorry, Microsoft. 
Uh, and then they were looking at other buyers. I mean, there's like lots and lots of twists and turns. I've been following the story um, only by reading the news. I don't have any inside knowledge. And that is why we invited Katiba to the show today because she always has expert insight um, as well as sometimes some, some insider perspective. So after that long, long intro, welcome Katiba. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. It is always a pleasure. Welcome, welcome. Um, I hope that I like did justice at least trying to set up the tent poles of this very complicated story. Um, I, I'm almost reluctant. You know, we record the episodes on Sundays. Usually they run a couple days later. I predict that the news cycle on TikTok will change again by the time you're listening to this. Um, so, you know, I, you know, I would hope not too, but it just seems like one day the president is like, I love TikTok. TikTok is the best app. I'm going to, you know, like, and then the next day is like, TikTok is the devil. It must be destroyed. It's it's very hard to predict. Well, I mean, everybody knows it's hard to predict this president. He's uh, mercurial, you know. Uh, but particularly in this instance, it's like every day he's changing his mind about what should be done about TikTok. So, Katiba, try and I mean, if you can, just fill in some of the gaps there, or um, give like a little bit more context for like what we're dealing with here. And also, is this something that we should care about? Um, well, actually, the most recent news is that Trump approved um, for the deal between Oracle to to handle TikTok's data and, and abide by U.S. regulation. And then Walmart also got approved to be their some sort of like business partner. I'm not really sure how that plays into it. Walmart? I think. Yeah, I think Wayfair tried to put in a bid. I thought we were um, done with Walmart. Why are we still talking? Didn't Amazon bury those guys? I thought Walmart was over. No, no Walmart's no, still no. going. So it's it's fascinating because like um I was part of the Vine days and so um you know, TikTok was like a mimic of that. But the thing is, Wait, TikTok. Oh, really fine. You're in... talking about Fine, the app, which was basically like a cooler version of TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah, only six seconds long that. though. So it was only six seconds. Yeah. Well, that was the beauty of it. That's why I used to watch Vine. I mean, I didn't use the Vine app, but I would always go to YouTube and just watch like best Vines of the month. And it was like watching like the best comedy skit comedy TV show because every skit was six seconds. Like it didn't matter if it wasn't any good. I was a huge Vine fan. Very sad to see it go. So you're saying you were a member of that generation. You were a Vine content creator, basically. No, I wish. I was too scared. I think it was right before I started college. So that summer, right before I really, really put in too many hours, um, honestly, watching, watching it all. Um, so I like know all the creators and I know where some of them like started. So a lot of them were very, very successful on Vine. They transitioned out of Vine because you can't really make a lot of money off of that. And like once you realize someone is is sponsored by a brand on Vine, um, you tend to like skip over it. And there wasn't like like that much way to make money. So a lot of them went to YouTube, did really well. And now they're like famous YouTubers, right? David Dorick is one of them and he's killing it. Right. Um, and so TikTok started off as musically and everyone was just lip syncing and there's all these little kids just lip syncing and then they just completely revamped. Now it's TikTok. Um, and it has everything. So it's interesting. The more you use the for you page, cause that's where you start off when you don't have anyone that you're following just yet. It is a little bit of everything, right? Um, and then as you continue to use the For You page more and more, it figures out what kind of stuff you like to watch and it really curates it down to the T. So that's like, that's like the best part and the scary part. So 
my like little fun story is that like when I first started using TikTok, I was still on the I, I love sketches. I love stand up. I love like comedy. So I loved watching the the weird sketches, the funny stuff. Um, so I was like on the like the mainstream version of TikTok. I knew right away I didn't care for the dances. I didn't care for Charlie D'Amelio and her sister and all the all the hype houses and all the little teens making whatever. Because um, then I felt like the the whack part of Vine, so I didn't care for that. And then recently, I think I watched like one TikTok of home decor and they realized I liked it. And I think I hearted it and it's now my, my, my friends are like, they call me boring. Cause they're like the stuff that you send us is home decor, investing tips, <laughs> um, career tips and tricks, um, best books to read. And they're just like, what happened to those? Well, stuff? listen, Katiba, welcome to adulthood. You know, are you 30? We can't, I love we it can't watch dance videos forever. <laughs> Eventually you want to make your house look pretty. So congratulations. <laughs> You've leveled up. So, yeah. I, I am interested in that algorithm because since this is a data story, ostensibly, um, mm -hmm. because I mean, we talk a lot about algorithms on this show. We've talked a lot about like how people get radicalized by YouTube. And one of my favorite stories to share about like how radicalizing on YouTube works is also comedy. Like I love watching comedy on YouTube. And so I got, I, I'd never listened to Bill Burr before. I don't know if you've listened to Bill Burr, but he's, I've pretty, listened a little bit. he's a pretty funny guy. Like I think I don't love him, but he has good bits and he does a lot of like sports stuff. That's pretty funny. But his thing is that he's very um, like anti PC. Right. So he's mm -hmm. like, not too bad, like not so bad that it's like, well, now you're just like basically being racist, but in a way where he's willing to do edgy stuff that other people aren't, you know, and he's yeah. like a white guy. So a lot of like white guys on YouTube are like, yeah, Bill Burr, finally, like somebody's saying like anti PC stuff. So I started watching a lot of Bill Burr videos and they were like, oh, you might also like and they're like Joe Rogan. You know, they're like, yeah. you must be you must be a middle aged white male, you know, who's like a little bit yeah. racist. So they pushed me into yeah. Joe Rogan. And then I was like watching Joe Rogan. I was like, well, Joe Rogan's kind of interesting. So I'd watch a little bit of that. And then it was like the very next video was just basically just like why all feminists must die. You know, <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck? And then it's like and then it was like the next video was like Black Lives Matter is a lie. I was like, Jesus, I like I just watched a Bill Burr video. And now I'm yep. like basically they, an they, all right. They profiled you. I know they got you. They paid, profiled me. They, they, uh, it was, it was pretty scary to watch how quickly it happened, especially when we hear, you know, whenever somebody does something terrible, like there's a mass shooter or something, they always look back and they're like, Oh yeah, it was really into YouTube videos. I bet if you traced it back, it all starts with Bill Burr, you know, like somebody watches a Bill Burr video. So you're saying, I mean, I guess every app is like this. So the, the for you page for TikTok would be similar to like the discover page for Instagram where you're just like, I don't want to look at my friends. I'm like, curious what else is out there and the more you click on it the more they recommend stuff for you basically right yeah. and yeah. yeah and the best part is that you can also um seamlessly send to all your friends so i have like seven friends on there and before i sent adulting things i would send <laughs> funny sketches and whatnot and it's interesting because we're all on different parts of the tiktok sphere um so the videos they send me are my glimpse into those different spheres. So oh, yeah. their comedy version is different. I mean, it's, it's just, it, TikTok is everything. It, it yeah. truly has everything, which is insane. And then the best part also is that some videos allow you to save the videos. So you can go ahead and do that. And okay. it's purely on the business side of TikTok. I think they've done really, really well because you can be a TikTok partner. 
Um, a lot of folks have been getting into affiliate links and whatnot. So, um, so some of the people who like, Hey, this Amazon thing that you should buy for your home. And then they open a, an affiliate store within Amazon. And like, you know what I mean? Like I can look up that product, but if I can just click on their link and it takes me to the exact product they use because they've given a review, um, right. Like it's, they, they've just, they just figured out, I think that what they did, they probably, I don't want to give them too much credit, but I think they, they looked at what Vine didn't do and implemented yeah. that. And so this is like you were saying earlier, like things. people on Vine, it, what you couldn't make money on Vine, right? Like people couldn't be it brand was, ambassadors. It was so hard. It was yeah. so obscure. Yeah. And I think Instagram trying to compete with that. I'm like, until y'all give folks an incentive and this is outside of, pretty people and like Instagram models or whatever influencers, um, a chance to like use it as a business platform. So a lot of small businesses are on TikTok. So like, um, a small business on Etsy selling candles will, will also use the TikTok platform to show folks like, here's the best way to, um, I'm, I'm also in love with the small business side of TikTok, but they also say things like, here's where I get my packaging from. So they've also figured the best ways to, you know, sell their product, but also be a creator or small business that you can also learn from. So it's a, it's a platform that you can learn so much from. I mean, right. I, I learned about different insurance plans and investing and, you know, how to negotiate, um, wow. you know, so it, it really, again, depends on what, you, like, I think I only use the search bar once. Cause it was like something I was like, mm, I wonder if they have this, but for the most part, they've, they've got me pegged and yeah, profiled well, really well. Like it's too good. Well, that's the crux of the issue, right? Like it is, it's data mining, just like every other app that we use all the time. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think that there's any reason to be more alarmed about the kind of, just as a consumer, as a user or whatever, to be more alarmed about the kind of data mining that TikTok is doing versus what, Instagram and everybody else is doing? Is it, you know, or do you think it's just because it's a foreign government? Like what, yeah. what is the real fear there? The genuine fear? I think it is because it's a foreign government and, um, you know, like Facebook does the same thing. I'll talk to my friends yeah. about needing glasses or, or searching on the browser, um, that I'm looking for glasses and that's all the ads that I get, you know? So, it, you know, it, it's just, kind of so you would say <laughs> just like i mean you know you work in tech whatever you're like very tech savvy you, like you would say that tiktok is probably not doing any additional like problematic data mining that that facebook isn't already doing the oh yeah the only issues that come up is that a lot of folks have realized that if you bring up like black lives matter like you don't get the same hits or like you're kind of like shadow banned uh, there was an issue it was going around that like tiktok didn't want to promote like you know, un, like non-pretty people, like, you know what I mean? They're only doing conventionally pretty people. But I feel like, I mean, you look at Instagram and that's the top influencers. So well, what do you mean about like, so what could TikTok do? Like what in the coding like eliminates people who aren't like pretty for their, to their standards? Like how does that um, work? They were just, well, they were just thinking about like, okay, the top TikTok content creators, they're usually white, rich, skinny kids for yeah. the most part. Right. And is that um, something so, that's determined by like um, how many like people are viewing their content or is that something that TikTok is actually like promoting? Well, that's what folks are saying. I mean, that was going around. Everyone was trying to point it out. You know, there was like, oh, we should have an alternative TikTok. Like, let's do this for POC people, you know, and like all these different platforms. But it's just like 
it's like, you know, trying to create a social media platform to compete with Facebook. It's just kind of hard yeah. at this point, you yeah. know? Um, Cause I remember literally before it was TikTok, it was musically. And that was a joke. Well, yeah. people my age, cause that was just like, you know, cause it was like only 10 year olds or 12 year olds on that thing. I remember um, musically. Yeah. I remember it was fun, it, and it, but it was kind of like a fad. Like it seemed to me yeah. like everybody made musically videos for a couple months and then yeah, it kind you, of you would just, you just lip sync. Yeah. That was all, that was most of the content. Um, yeah. right. And maybe like 99%. And here, um, there are doctors on TikTok who explain, I also like the health side of TikTok, um, who explain like different ailments, um, like holistic practices. Um, it's just, it's just, again, it's so broad and a lot of folks are seeing that it is a chance to educate people. Yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's like a it's like one interface for the whole Internet, like the way that like, you know, quote unquote, everything's on the Internet. Like you can go to WebMD and you know what I mean? Or you can go watch a tutorial about, you know, how to hunt. Um, This is just kind of like slimming it down and curating it and having it be like one interface or whatever. I mean, it makes sense that it's successful. And then the thing is, it's like when I open the app, like you immediately get an ad. Like that's their newest thing and I get it. Um, and, but then automatically you can skip the ad. It's not like YouTube where you either have to wait till oh, the very end or you have to, you know what I mean? Like they've just figured out like, okay, you know, our ads are going to have to be limited anyway. And, yeah. and then when you skip the ad, it like still shows up, but you can, the best way you can just like swipe up. It kind of, you know, you mentioned that, like that it grew out of musically and it kind of reminds me of, you know, the way that the sink or swim social media um, chain works. You know, I remember years ago, like I, I've been on social media so long. I had a Friendster page. I don't know if that like resonates with you, but obviously I also was like really into MySpace, right? I was like exactly the right age to be like, Oh, my whole life is on MySpace. And then Facebook came along and became popular. I think originally it was kind of like when it first, first came out, I was able to use it cause I was in college and everybody, you had to have like an EDU email address. So I was like, Oh, people said, Oh, Facebook is kind of like MySpace, but only like college kids can use it. So it's kind of cool because it's like people of a certain age and And then Facebook just like completely eclipsed, like transcended that. We all know the story of how Facebook became Facebook, but it seems like there's a parallel here because MySpace was like not evolving. MySpace was just like, here's what we do. Like you can use glittery letters to like tell your friend it's happy birthday and like, you know, put your favorite song up there and you know what I mean? Like have pictures from a party or something, you know? And they felt like that, that was the end of that kind of social media. But Facebook was just like, no, like that's, I mean, credit to Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg was like a visionary. He's like, no, there's new stuff and we're going to have Facebook music and we're going to have like a message app and you can make phone calls in here. And like, it would just be such a huge part of your life. And it sounds like kind of, that's what TikTok did to transcend, you know, Vine was basically MySpace, which was like, oh, what if we just had something that just made short videos and TikTok is finding a way to take that, which, you know, even a precursor of that, which was the musically stuff and turn it into something where it's like, it could, your whole life could basically just be on TikTok. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you're, instead of Googling something, you could just like go on TikTok and be like, oh, how do I replace a doorknob? And it'll just be like a TikTok oh, video. Yeah, that tells no, you how to replace a doorknob. <laughs> it's literally insane. Like the amount of experts that are using it and not to even shell out a product, but just simply share information. And I yeah. think that alone is like this like trustworthy model, uh, 
like business model, like you share tips and tricks and, and even like within social media, like to build your brand, you want to do things like, you know, have them get to know you. And then you want to share some tips like, oh, this is the packaging I'm using. This is the font. And these are free websites for entrepreneurs. And then and then eventually I'm seeing things on my timeline where it's like so on my feed where it's like, um, oh, if you want to learn more about this, like you guys can book me. I'm like, OK, because you already gave me like eight to 10 videos of like free content, um, which I appreciate. And so I'm more likely to support because like I I now follow this person. So you, you can still follow people. You can still comment and I don't know about messaging per se, but, um, yeah, you can, you can still A lot of people have been getting like, um, signed to agencies. Um, one of my favorite TikTok creators is his name is Bowman and he just got signed to CCA or Tabitha Brown. Um, Yeah, like she's like famous now, but like, like it, it, it transcended to more than just you having like 30 million viewers and likes to become yeah. it's like you could do it in a shorter span of time. As long as you're creative, you kept up with everything and went from there. Yeah. And there, I mean, it has a ton of users, right? Like, isn't it what I've seen in the news is there are 200 million TikTok users. And I'm like, they're really only like 350 million Americans, give or take. So it's like more than half of America is like on TikTok, basically, which is a a pretty crazy number for an app that like, to me still seems kind of new. You know, it's like I'm older, so I'm not always like going after like the brand new app. I still like am mostly on Instagram, you know, but it just seemed to take over like wildfire. And I was shocked by the numbers. I just wonder you know, that that's one of the sticking points for me when I'm reading about a ban. Like, what does a ban of an app mean? Like, we've never really seen that before. Like, the government has tried to regulate social media. The government has tried to regulate tech, but never successfully. Like, you know, they've kind of like made, as we've discussed on this show before with you, they're like, all right, Mark Zuckerberg, you need to come before Congress and explain your technology, you know? And then it's just like a big joke. Nobody learns anything. Like Facebook is not held accountable. Like the senators are so unprepared for questioning that like we don't, you know, nothing happens, right? Or they try and pass, you know, there's some of that stuff about, you know, privacy acts or trying to pass a privacy act, but people in government don't really understand tech well enough to like know how to write a law that would really protect people's privacy. It's just a big joke, right? So this is the first time we've really heard the government say like this thing has got to go and who's to say like i don't know that the president like i said the news cycle could whip around and the president gets rid of it tomorrow but is that would that be unprecedented like i i can't think of a time i'm asking you like one do people think that's actually possible to just get rid of tiktok and two like what would that look like if they did it like does it just disappear from your phone and then america is just like okay no more tiktok yeah, so there was actually a bunch of articles on that. So they were like, if you don't have TikTok now, download it. And maybe there was like a little bit of fear mongering. But also, again, we didn't know until we finally heard about the Oracle Walmart deal. And so they were like, download it. Um, and if this actually goes into play, what they were we're thinking is that you would, you know, it wouldn't disappear from your phone. It would be kind of insane. Now would be an invasion of data privacy for them to go on your yeah. phone and do that. But um, if you didn't have it, they were like, they're like, download it now before this weekend. Um, they were like, the the Apple store wouldn't provide updates, so you'd continue using the app, but it would dwindle in in quality because wow. it's not getting updated. Um, and then I remember like talking to my friends. Cause they were like, what are you going to do? And I was like, honestly, like I'm prepared to like change the location on my phone. Like I'll do it. 
I'll do it. Yeah. I need my home decor TikToks, you know? I need <laughs> um, and so, and, and then on top of that, you know, a lot of folks were like, you know, like, it's interesting because I'm in like the machine learning space and I'm like, I bet you they're, they're using a crap ton of it or AI. So they've, they can pick up on signals. So even if I was to change my location, they probably like realize my geolocation is actually in the U S wow. um, but yeah, everyone was like, maybe I'll get a VPN and I'll change my location. Like this was like, anything for TikTok. Concern. Anything yeah. for TikTok. It's kind of like, I want to say, hasn't the government learned that when young people like something and then you make it against the rules, it only makes them want it more. Do you know what I mean? Like, I kind of it, thought yeah. that like around, like when, when, you know, jeweling was a big deal, like eight, eight or nine months ago before COVID, it was like, oh my God, you know, jewel is going to destroy the youth. And they passed all these laws and bans and everything. I was like, I feel like I'm seeing more young people jewel now that they've decided that jeweling should be against the rules. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah I also, my other thought on this just has to do with like how we think of ourselves as a country, right? Like we talk a lot on the show about like, patriotism and what is America? And like we had, you know, last week our contributor Silvano was on the show because he lives in Europe and he was telling us about how the differences between the way that Europe has handled COVID and the way the United States has handled COVID. So I'm always in this tough position because like I see all of our flaws, right? I live here. You know what I mean? I'm, a, I'm an educated person. I know what we're getting wrong, but I also like actually like really love this country. And I think that we do incredible shit that we should be proud of. And, you know, so I'm always, I'm always walking that line, right? I'm never able to say like, man, America's whack. Um, but I'm also not ready to just be like waving the flag and like flying around on a bald eagle. I'm somewhere in between, you know? Right. And when something like this comes up, it makes me think about the things I like about living in America, which is like, freedom is a real thing. Do you know what I mean? Like being able to use the app that you want, being able to post whatever kind of content that you want, like freedom of speech, like as a journalist is something that I really value. And it's something I really like about this country because we try to defend it at all costs. And I remember, I mean, over the last 10, 20 years, basically since the internet has been a part of everybody's life every year, there's a big controversy. Oh, China is banning Twitter. You know, China is banning Google. Um, China is putting filters on Google so that, you know, Chinese citizens can't look up this kind of information. We were outraged, you know, as Americans, we were like, what? That's so wrong. You know, like, how could the government tell people what acts, what information they have the right to access? And I was with them. I was like, you're right. This is tyrannical, man. Like China is messed up for not letting people like access information like the internet is this great like democratizing equalizer even though it has a lot of problems like it's really helpful for building an informed society and like china is whack basically was my conclusion and now you know we're in a position where not only are we banning an app and like access to information which is what tiktok would be but china is probably looking at us like what's wrong with america man they're not letting their citizens access information do you know what i mean like the great irony is that we thought that china you know were the ones who were you know controlling the population and they are china's very problematic in in those ways but i think it's a, a very interesting inversion and i wonder like do you feel that way do you feel like this is a as a person who works in tech and uses these apps like does this does this irony resonate with you? Do you feel like this is crazy that the president of the United States wants to like ban an app? The thing is, um, well, it's because he's our, because our, our current president is who he is. It was, you know, like if Obama had something like that, I feel like we would have really, really freaked out because that would just seem so illogical from him and goes against everything 
he's done in his life. Does that make sense? But because Trump says it, everyone's like, I mean, personally, I heard about the ban and it really just like went over my head and I was like, okay, because they've always, they just have like such a habit of saying the most extreme things. I mean, he's at a Muslim ban at some point or like a identification or whatever, even before he was president and all types of Mexico, Mexico is going to pay for the wall and, and so much more. And it's like, yeah, you're also all talk. So the fact that a deal came to happen, um, I mean, I panicked just a little bit just because I saw I was starting to see like articles saying like downloaded now and I was thinking like oh crap like what devices have I not downloaded TikTok on just because I I don't want to get I don't want to lose access to it um but then the deal came through and I'm like of course a deal would come through like they like it's just there's just too much money like you know that people can make off of it and 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 China will come to a conclusion with uh you know oracle about data Whatever yeah. like, like suffices because they're probably doing a whole lot of data mining everywhere else and, you know, maybe not following the same regulations that we're wanting to have here. But also it's a little ridiculous because it's like this is the first time that we cared about um, yeah. data mining and how ads are given. To, like this is the t- like now we're going to let these all these companies go through. And so that's why I, like, okay, I think yeah. a lot of people, yeah, a lot of my peers and I were just these things like privacy invasion all these things don't bother us they just don't because we're like okay and i give all these sites my information anyway well that's what i was gonna say like it's it seems particularly hypocritical because although the government has paid lip service to being concerned about like facebook and google like stealing people's information um it seems like they've been pretty okay with tech companies stealing our information as long as they're american tech companies do you know what i mean like that's kind of why i asked you like oh is tiktok doing anything different than other tech companies like not really but i mean i guess the difference would be you know, we hope, we think that Facebook and Google are not sharing information with the American government, right? Like, if they did have, loyal. yeah, if they did have that, you know, it's like, we do say what you want about America, but like, you know, the government doesn't, is not entitled to information from the private sector, right? Like, except in extreme circumstances. So if the FBI said, hey, we need all your data because we're trying to like catch a bank robber, like Facebook would be like, no. No, you can't have our data and they would have to respect that and it would go through the courts, you know, whereas in China, it's a different government structure and it probably is a lot easier for the government to take that data. So I want to like I'm trying to think about this as a reasonable person and just say like, hey, there might actually be somewhat of a legitimate fear here because data mining is a huge problem. But at least in the United States, we have like laws that separate the public sector from the government that don't exist in China. So like if a foreign government, especially like a very rich potentially adversarial foreign government like China um, had access to the same amount of information that Google was stealing from us, then that might be a problem because cyber warfare is real. And I don't think, or at least I don't get the sense that this is just another, this is another crazy Trump thing, but it's also not just another crazy Trump thing because some of this, from what I understand is informed by like our own intelligence agencies that are like, listen, cyber warfare is real. Like data mining is a problem. If those two things came together, like it could be a real problem. And then 
the president, all the president heard was like, Ooh, China, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let's, let's go after him. Like blame China, blame China, blame China. So it's kind of a perfect storm where like, maybe this was, or maybe this is a potential real problem. And then we also have a crazy president who doesn't really understand things very well. Um, right. and it's like easily triggered. So I, it, it raises a lot of questions for me and to your point, like, I think I'm a person who tries to pay attention to like having all of my information jacked from me, but I also don't like, like I am also doing a cost benefit analysis, which is like, how important is this YouTube comedy video to me right now? Very important. Right. I, I really want to watch this YouTube comedy video. So I'm willing to just like forget for a second that everything I click on means that I'm sacrificing my information. So do you like, do you read it the same? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, all this panic and fear. So a lot of young people in their teens and then young adults like me and maybe up to 30s and 40s at the most, like, it's rare to see, like, older, older folks um, are using TikTok. So it's like an it's insulting to our intelligence that they think that, like, like we we handle so many apps and places that we input our information, you know, like, you know, which email you use to sign up for all these newsletters. And like, we've all figured out like how to use like specific sites and what to share. Like, I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to post my social security number. Right. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just like, I, I don't know, have a little bit more faith because of the yeah. demographics. Like it makes sense. And, and same goes like, if I watch a weird conspiracy video on YouTube, I I'm aware that I'm going to get a bunch of recommendations and at the yeah. same time. That doesn't mean I'm going to click on all of them. Right. Cause at the end of the day, I know that I can kind of refresh it. And sometimes I kind of look forward to the recommendations, especially if they're related to a topic or, you know, when you're going down those rabbit holes, um, yeah, of course. I don't mind it. Cause it's like, okay. And I think what they're starting they're, they keep forgetting is that um, like people my age and, and, you know, a little bit older and a little bit younger, we like curated content. That's like the whole thing of a lot of different companies is they want a personalized experience for every single person. So when I yeah. see a company and they're like, oh, you know, we're going to personalize a shopping experience for you. I'm like, yeah, no, please. Because I hate mm -hmm. when you guys offer me like stupid items, you know? So well, when, when a company is good a at it, I really don't mind it. Like Facebook, in my experience, is not very good at recommending things that I would like. Like every time Facebook gives me an ad, I'm like, that's a really shitty version of something I would like to buy. Do you know what I mean? Like I would be like shopping for like some cool sneakers that are coming out and they would be like, hey, do you want this ugly sneaker? You know, I'd be like, no, <laughs> Facebook, I don't want that ugly sneaker. But if I am like looking at sneakers on Instagram, like the next ad I get, I'll be like, wow, I've never even seen those before. Those are beautiful. Like I do want to yeah. like shop now shop now so i you know i appreciate the value of that algorithm um and i don't I, it, it's like less i am concerned about being marketed to right because i am like uh, as much as i like to buy stuff i also feel uncomfortable just about like going all the way in on consumer culture i'm, I'm very torn as i i have dualities so I'm, I'm thinking at least in this instance less about like targeted marketing and more about like like other demographic information about me, my name, my age, my location, my political beliefs, like that kind of stuff, be mm -hmm. potentially being like weaponized, especially the way that we see social media being used, like weaponized to divide the country. Like everybody in America hates each other yeah. right now. Right. And that's yeah. terrible. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. You know, like I, I, 
did a weird good deed last week where I was like helping a friend like help his like aunt in law hook up her new like Amazon uh, fire TV. Right. And that woman was very nice and she welcomed me to her house. She's very friendly. And like, you know, uh, my friend started making jokes because she's like a Republican and she watches Fox news. Like I was saying like, okay, like what kind of channel, what channel do you usually watch when you watch cable? And she's like, uh, and she was scared to say it. She's like, Oh, I like uh, the, the Fox channels. I was like, well, what do you mean? We got Fox sports. We got Fox business, you know, like what do you like the Simpsons, you know? And he, he was like, no, she watches Fox news. Right. I don't care. Like that woman was very nice to me and we didn't even talk about politics. And like, I, I wish that we could have more interactions like that where it's like, I'm, you know, but that that is so difficult because of the way that social media has been weaponized. So I am like wary of being a part of that machine where like I get, you know, somebody lights a fire under me to hate all Republicans or something, you know, and create, be a part of a culture war. And the example I'm thinking of is an app. You'll probably remember the name of this Katiba or maybe you, Amy, I don't remember the name years. Well, maybe one year ago, there was an app that could age you like it would you would take a picture and it would tell you it would show you what you look like when you're like 80 or whatever and it worked really well it was like scary how well it worked and it was like so much fun everybody was doing it like my whole family was sending pictures of each other i saw by the way i'm gonna look really good at 80 you guys I'm, I learned from that photograph. It's just like the gray is going to look good. Like I'll have the wrinkles, but they'll be kind of like a older, distinguished kind of most interesting man in the world kind of wrinkles. So I used that app. And then like a month later, you know, there was all this news about like, oh, aging app, you know, developed by Russia as a data mining tool. Right. So, you know, I never saw that one all the way through. I was just kind of like, whoops, you know, but if you think about (laughs) what is the information that that app got about me? First of all, they know my face looks like, so they have a picture of me. Right. They probably know my name because I use my email address to register for it. They know my age because I use Google to register for it. They know my location. You know, they probably know like where I work. And, you know, if, if a foreign government is like trying to build a dossier of like the whole country's population, like that's a pretty good way to do it. Like Russia is very good with data. So I'm sure they can just search me and be like, what's Russell Morse up to? Like, boom, here's where he works. Here's his podcast. Like here are his 100 best friends. And you can do a lot with that information as we know, you know. So to that end, like, is there any like valid concern? Like, should we be more nervous about an app that's developed by a foreign government than we are already about like Instagram, in your opinion? Uh, It's hard. As you explain your reasoning, I'm like, wow, people in my age, we just do not care. (laughs) <laughs> I genuinely do not think about these things like to, to that level. I mean, I'm also in like a bubble here in the, here in the Bay Area, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm just kind of like, I'm good. I'm pretty liberal. I'm fine. I know. I and it's just like comes with that kind of like self awareness. Like you know where you stand on certain things, and to some degree, you also think you're a good person. Um, but I also say this as a Yemeni Muslim woman, so it's like okay, <laughs> I think I'm pretty great, and someone else might not. So. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's hard because I'm just like, I don't know. It, it just sucks because it's like, dang, I have to like really research everything I do now. Like, what's yeah. that about? You know? Yeah. It's unnerving. It's kind of like I felt like that 
when all this stuff first started happening, like my early internet experience was like AOL and stuff. And I was just like very kind of like wary of computers and information. It just, it was weird because it was new. And anytime something is new, like you're reluctant about it. And over time I've been worn down and bought into a lot of things, but it is at the point now where it's very hard to just make a decision and just say like, whatever, like fine, whatever, take my data. You know, I I don't want to watch the, like, I really do want to watch this comedy video. And it kind of, it reminds me of the idea like I wonder, you know, <laughs> this is going to be kind of a bad example, but bear with me. So, you know, like when COVID first started, right, you would hear stuff about like young people would be like, yo, let's have a COVID party so that everybody gets COVID. You don't have to worry about getting COVID anymore. Right. And at the time we were just like, oh, my God, you're insane. What is wrong with 16 year olds? Right. And then now that we've gone through eight or nine months of COVID, we're kind of like, well, maybe they would have hurried up the herd immunity, which is the only way to get through COVID anyway. And maybe it was a good idea for everybody to like get COVID on purpose at the beginning. Right. So I'm not advocating getting COVID on purpose, but I think there's a pair parallel here where it's kind of like young people because young people are invincible. I was young. I remember I was invincible. It's true. I didn't feel invincible. I actually was invincible. So maybe this kind of like youthful invincibility would be like, Hey, if everybody has everybody's data, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, like maybe that's just the world we're headed to. And like, you can't say like, yes, Facebook can have it. No, TikTok can't have it. It's just like, it's just out there. It's the idea. Like we used to talk about open source data like years ago, or like WikiLeaks was like that, where it's like, you can't hoard information, like all information should just be shared. And maybe this is just the next like revolutionary step kind of you're describing, like, because you say you're in a bubble, right? It's like, you're what like I grew up in San Francisco, right? So yeah, you're in a liberal bubble. Fine. Lots of people. I live in Manhattan. I'm in a liberal bubble too. But you're also kind of like in a tech bubble, right? Because you work in tech and you like live in the Bay Area. And you're also kind of like in a young tech bubble. So it's like young liberal tech bubble, which is like an interesting, which is why we love having you on the show. Cause you're like, yo, reporting live from the front lines of like the youth tech bubble in Silicon Valley or whatever. And maybe that you heard it here first listeners just give up all your data dude who cares man like they're gonna get it eventually anyway that's the answer well, that's the thing because I'm, I'm already thinking about it like okay let's say i didn't download tiktok out of fear fine um and maybe i have my facebook pretty you know private which i which i do to some extent um i also have to have a public linkedin you know, like I cannot yeah. do my job in tech yeah. with with having like such a like a private kind of LinkedIn because I need to engage. I need to connect with people and like already like if you don't have a profile picture like your sketch. And I know this because as someone who has to connect with prospects, um, I'm like, oh, I'm a photo like, OK, let me yeah. just do a little bit more digging. And those mm-hmm. those who have less and less data, they already seem not trustworthy. So it's like we've created this yeah. world where like you need to be very public and, and, and to share all this data to do Mm. well, to excel in your career, to be considered someone who's like a valid, legitimate person. It's like Mm. like the the concept of elite schools, right? We could all go to the same school and it's all could be the same thing, but it's like elite schools, you know, give another level and whatever. Um, and so, you know, like, it's just, it's just frustrating because it's, it's like, it's like you can either choose one extreme and you have to be very public on a lot of things. But then there's also like little caveats, right? Or like benefits. It's like my TikTok profile is actually, um, I think it's like private, right? So it's like, I know I'm not going to be making t- money off of TikTok and 
at least not right now, um, because I chose that. But if I wanted to decide that for later, like I definitely can. So I don't know. It's just, I mean, it, it is a very interesting point. Like it would be very hard. You can't really be a person functioning in the world without some kind of social media presence because, you know, the LinkedIn example is very good for a job, right? Like they're, you know, you're looking at a candidate, you're like, wait, is this person legit? You know, like, and the way that you verify that is, you know, through LinkedIn. But I think it's also true, like in a, like a social way, like friends and like dating, where I think like, if you meet someone on a dating app, like they're going to be like, oh, like, is this person a murderer? And then they'll go like, check out your social media stuff. And like, oh, look, he's not a murderer. Like he has a cat. And like, here's a picture of him with his family. Like, that's kind of how we verify each other or even... You know, like I sell a lot of stuff on Craigslist, right? Because I've been like moving and had a bunch of stuff in storage. And anytime somebody like hits me up on Craigslist or you're like trying to verify a buyer, you're like, oh, or or Airbnb. Like you're like, oh, okay. Like, do I want this person to stay in my house? Uh, let yeah. me check out their Facebook page. Like, okay, yeah, they look normal. You know, like this person's like yeah. married with kids and they have a job. So it there is no option. There's no, there's no, like, I'm not going to be on social media option. Like you don't have to be a zombie who like scrolls through Instagram all day to be a person who's like at the mercy of social media. You just have to be a normal person trying to function in 2020, which is a very hard thing to do. No matter what the circumstances are being a normal person trying to function in 2020, like something's going to get you COVID wildfire, hurricane, you know what I mean? Like, you know, now we got a vacant seat on the Supreme court. It's just like, so there's all the more motivation now living in quarantine, like I do more things online than I ever did because you can't really go out or you can't really go shopping or you can't, you know, so we are much more at the mercy of this virtual world. And I say that in a pessimistic way. Oh yeah, we're at the mercy. It's like, no, we have digital tools that help us live our lives in a way that's way more productive and rewarding than it would have been without them. It just comes with a lot of risks. You know, yeah, so, I mean, even like those like extensions to like get discounts and like the best deal, like that's collecting your data. And it's like, I want those things, like, I'm trying to get the best deal, you know? Yeah. So it's it's hard. And I think the one way through all of this is yes, ideally, you want more folks like AOC and people who understand these things so that yeah. if we have to review the deal between TikTok, Oracle, and Walmart. Sure. Like someone can understand the nuances. That's great. Um, and the fact that data science is like something that it's growing is also a, a plus. Like that's less worrisome. And on top of mm-hmm. that, I think more people just need to understand their settings and how to, you know, I mean, there's like ways to like limit ads or if you really yeah. don't want them to collect certain things, then you, you just have to use the tools a little bit differently. Yeah. Right. Well, like, we've we've talked about this on the show before. Ads. <laughs> yeah, well, I do because I want to see that right? stuff, you know. <laughs> but I, I, I'm like, ooh. Yeah. I, you know, Europe, uh, the EU passed their own like regulations about data collection. And part of it was that like pop up screen, which is like, I agree, basically, you know, the I agree screen, which is a law now in the EU. And, you know, a lot of websites, even in the United States, incorporated that pop up because they do business in the EU and they wanted to standardize it or because they wanted to have transparency and be ahead of things in case the U.S. passed a similar law. But I have to be perfectly honest with you, even as like a critical thinking like adult, whenever that pops up, I just I just press agree. I just always press agree, you know, and 
I know, I know what it means. I know what I'm doing. I know I'm pressing a button that says like, like, do you give us permission to steal everything you have, like all your whole identity right now? Um, just so you can watch this video or just so you can buy these shoes or just so you can find like a store near you where you could buy shoe polish, you know, like, uh, and I, I willfully give it up. So now I'm just going the other way where I'm just like, everybody get COVID, everybody give up your personal information. <laughs> like some trains you can't stop. This is a runaway yeah. train, you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's cynical. I think it's like, I really trust tech and I trust young people. Like we have to adapt, right? Like let's, this is another bad example, but you know, years ago, uh, you know, we had world war two and there were like a lot of nefarious, um, agents in the world. And, the U S government was like, we have to make a super weapon. So they made a nuclear bomb. And then it was like, now only this country has a nuclear bomb. Now only this country has a nuclear bomb. And, you know, then they wanted to start making rules about like who was allowed and yes, you can. And, Oh wait, we no, no, Iran can't have one because we don't trust Iran. And it's, it's like, it has very similar vibes to this TikTok thing where it's like, if it's a country we don't like or trust, like they can't have the toys that we have, you know, or they can't like break the law in the same way that we break the law you know, and it eventually, I mean, I don't think this is, I'm not saying like, Hey, every country in the world should have a nuclear weapon because then nobody would use it because everybody else has one kind of, it's like once, once a terrible tool is invented, everybody has to have it. Otherwise, you know, it's yeah. kind of like why I'm against gun I'm control. I feel yeah. like, Hey man, you know, if only the cops have guns, that's a problem too. Um, yeah. And now I've used a whole series of terrible analogies. TikTok is a nuclear weapon, everybody <laughs> and, and COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh <my> Lord. <laughs> so this has been hugely informative for me i know uh we wanted to talk to you about what it's like to you know live with your parents in the age of covid we're gonna have to save that for another another episode so listeners stay tuned because kativa is going to come back and talk to us about uh, at another date at a future date um about living with their parents because apparently everybody in the world right now is living with their parents because of covid i mean <laughs> i think I think that's what the numbers say. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, in Italy, everybody lives with their parents till they get married. There's tons of countries in the world where people live with their parents till they get married. China. China. Even after they get married, they live with their parents. Yes, <laughs> yes, they do. So, you know, if China can make TikTok. Maybe they're on to something about how we should structure our households. <laughs> All right. Uh, I out I some way. We should learn from them. See, I think we made a lot of headway here today. Uh, but yeah, so listen for that. We're going to have Katiba back to, to give us some tips about how, how, to, how to be an adult and live with your parents and, and still keep your sanity, I think, is what we're going to call that show. Because there's yeah. a way to do it. And Katiba's figured it out. Um, I, I want to thank, as always, our producer, Eming, who was very patient with me. Because one, I pushed back the recording tonight. Two, even once I pushed it back, they had to wait an extra few minutes for me. Three, when I gave my introduction, I was so impressed with my own intro that I talked about it for five minutes. So special shout out to Eming for being patient with me tonight and keeping us sounding good and keeping us on topic as always. Um, and thank you to you, Katiba. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. I learned a lot today and we're going to learn even more when we have you back on. Thanks for being here. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, and thanks as always to our listeners. Until next time, quest on everybody. This episode of Quest on Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California.